0: Welcome back to the podcast. Everyone, I'm so excited today to have with me Rachel Freeman Sowers. She's a psychotherapist turned business strategist and I can't wait to talk all about emotions today and really dive deep into that. Welcome, Rachel.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to talk about emotions. No one gets scared. Stay on the podcast. You're going to love it. (laughs) We
0: all tend to want to run. I say we all, I'm totally generalizing, but many of us run and hide from emotions or try to avoid feeling them. I think there's something wrong with that, but we'll get into some of that because there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, it's actually really helpful. Yes, absolutely not. So we'll get into that. But 1st Why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about what it is that you do and how you got into what you do?
1: So it has been a journey, quite a long journey for me, and I could not be more happy with the way it has been going and really feeling fulfilled. And that really goes to speak to really stepping into my zone of genius I have been a licensed marriage family therapist for the last 18 years and worked with little humans from the ages of four to you know, adults up to the age of 65. And what I have found out in all of those years is that I really love to help people leverage their emotions in order to have the life that they want. And so over the past five years, what I've done is really... Gear that towards business because what I feel in the business world is that emotions have, and still, although we have great intentions, are something that aren't really leveraged in order to create more human connection, which then can equal more freedom, more sales, more income. You know, all of those things in our lives, but we're told to limit those emotions out. Move them to the side when we need to do business or work or even just in general life stuff. Mm -hmm. So, over the last five years, I've really solely been working with women in business and female professionals who are really wanting to leverage their emotions to propel them forward and really feel a need for women to feel like they can step into this gift that we've been given called emotions Mm -hmm. and use them to really open up our own businesses in our own lives. Yeah. So that's how I got to where I am now. And I'm calling myself now finally, and this has been a work in progress to an emotion strategist. And part of that is is that I deal with business, but what I really deal with is the emotions in business. And yeah. so that's, you know, that took a long time to get to that.
0: So uh, tell us more about what that means and how you came up with that title so actually
1: you know how everyone always asks you what do you do what do you do what do you do and so I don't know about you and I don't know if your audience can relate to this but I have morphed over what I technically quote-unquote call myself or Mm -hmm. identify myself as doing And i really struggled because I'm not solely like, I don't want to only be a business strategist. Mm -hmm. That is a strength I have, but it is not my zone of genius. Mm. And the emotion strategist has been rolling around in my mind. And honestly, like I've been tuning in and checking in with my gut and my intuition about it and really honoring the fact that I am good at helping people leverage their emotions Mm -hmm. and get the results they want because they move through the emotions that may be keeping them stuck. And I believe it's deeper, you know, I deal with emotions because it's not just about mindset. You and I have had that conversation before, you know, change your mindset, change your mindset. Well, sometimes it doesn't work or it doesn't create sustainability right? So we need to go deeper. And I love taking people on that journey so that they can truly make the foundational shifts where they don't keep entering into the same patterns.
0: Yeah. So I know we chatted about this, even like the first time we met, like, Mm -hmm. which was the very beginning of this year at a live event, actually. So I encourage everyone to go to live events, meet people in this space, (laughs) talk to people. But I remember having a conversation there that I think is really relevant as I hear you talk. I'd love for you to share a little bit about your opinion of where there's a line between therapy and coaching and where you kind of sit along that scale.
1: Well, I think the line between therapy and coaching has a couple of differences. You know, coaches say that they take what's in the present and work with that. Typically and culturally, people think that therapists go back into people's past and uncover all that, and that's where you work. Now, as a therapist, I don't do a lot of work in the past. I think our past and our history can really indicate and show us neurological pattern ways of being, is what I call them, that have really kept us safe until the point that they're no longer helpful, like we don't need to be kept safe anymore. I work very much in the present, but also use the knowledge of their past. I think when you have a coaching relationship, there is not as much education. I mean, I've gone through a lot of education as far as dealing with the subconscious and really having this plethora of experience on really how to help humans and people become the best people that they want to be. As far as where I put myself on that kind of spectrum is that I won't ever give up like the therapy part of me. It's what's intriguing. It's what I love learning about how to help people develop a different way of doing something that benefits them the most and then benefits people around them. Mm-hmm but I also want to offer it. I no longer want to give a diagnosis to people. I want to be able to meet my clients exactly where they're at. And in a therapeutic world, there are some limitations to doing some of those things, especially if you are in the medical model. So I've kind of transitioned out of that. And that's why I call myself an emotion strategist. Like, I don't feel like I'm a coach. I feel like there are specialties that I do that make it deeper. Yeah. I hope that answers the question. I
0: think so. Yeah. I mean, as I've gotten to know more about what you do, I kind of see you as this role that I don't know has existed before. At least I haven't come into contact with someone who's kind of bridging the gap between the two. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I know. it's pretty cool to see, and I can't wait to continue to see more and learn more about how you're going about things. Cause I think there's definitely a need for it. There are times when I coach, where I've realized, you know, there are certain things where I can begin to draw a line and say, okay, that's outside of the realm of coaching because it's not dealing so much with moving forward. It's, you know, sometimes they're very straightforward things when you are trying to heal past wounds, that kind of thing, past Mm -hmm. any experiences. And I really don't get into that, right, in coaching. Mm -hmm. And you may not either considering what you just said, although I'm sure I know the past comes up constantly for everyone as they continue Mm -hmm. to try to move forward. And so it's a good Mm -hmm. balance in between.
1: Well, and really what all of my experience allows me to do in a very efficient and effective way is see things that people can't see. So the women I work with, and just like you, you know, they're intelligent, they're ambitious, and they're driven. And it's not that there's something wrong with them because they can't figure it out. They just don't know what it is. And oftentimes we need to have someone who can give us multiple, multiple perspectives to try on and say, is this fitting? Is that fitting? And then they have those aha moments. And I have the ability to delve into the past And yet, so many times as a therapist, knowing that when you talk about the same story over and over and over again, it's not like you're getting rid of it. Your somatic body is having a reaction that takes you to that same point as you tell that story again.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: so really being able to move through those things in a more rapid fashion so it is healed so you don't
0: have to be stuck. Yeah, that's really powerful. I know from experience that there's a need for that awareness of how the past is influencing what's holding you back from moving forward. But I so appreciate that approach of not wanting to sit just in the past and relive it over and over and over again. And I know there have been times in my life where I really search for, okay, fine, I get it. But how do I move past it? <laughs> like, I'm done with that. Like, I don't want to keep talking about it. So I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. And it really does. Not being able to leverage our emotions, I'll just say in business for right now specifically, really does send us on a journey or a downward spiral that starts with, well, how come I can't figure this out? Why am I not able to do it? I'm smart. I was able to do it before. How come I can't do it now? What's happening to me? I don't even know myself anymore. I've never been in this position. Why am I here? You know, and then you start spiraling down in the lack of confidence mm-hmm. and you get anxiety or, you know, lack of motivation, which is often a symbol of some depression, which is intermittent as a business owner anyway. I don't know if it is for you, but in my own experiences, mm-hmm. it comes and goes. I mean, this isn't just like, ooh, let's just ride this high the whole entire time. time. I know. I mean, like, <laughs>
0: Yeah. that that's what it's going to be like. And you haven't hit those moments yet, those waves, like be prepared. Because yeah. not everyone talks about that. And so not everyone knows. I don't think that I really realized mm-hmm. the depth of the magnitude, I should say, of the ups mm-hmm. and downs that I would feel mm-hmm. in business.
1: Mm-hmm. So and think- you hit the nail on the head. You know, we don't pay attention to that. People go into a course and they buy the course. And yet then they don't maybe finish the course or they don't even do the course. And that has nothing to do with the course or the intelligence of the person. Right. What it has to do with is something deeper. Yeah. Let's talk about what that is. (laughs) (laughs) I can see your face lighting up when you just said that. So what some of those things are going deeper is about not so much Asking why, 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 because then you can get on the hamster wheel of the why, like why doesn't this work? Why? Don't... And then we get to stay in contemplation phase, mm-hmm. which then allows us to avoid just stepping out and trusting ourselves or doing an action that we know will move us forward. For instance, I could keep calling people and uh, asking to be on podcasts, but until I'm actually on the podcast and I'm doing the thing that will let people hopefully enhance their own businesses and lives, then I don't get to move that needle forward. But because of maybe fear or scarcity or lack of Mm self-confidence or insecurity, I don't ever go out and do the thing that will move me forward.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So dealing with some of that deeper stuff, also the realization and having an awareness that when we have a feeling, it doesn't need to dictate all the time how we respond. Right. So I'm feeling frustrated in this moment. Okay, I'm going to notice that. What do I want instead? Mm Mm-hmm. What do I want to experience instead of this? And maybe you sit in the frustration for a minute and then say, okay, I've acknowledged that and now I'm going to move through it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of science behind this stuff too. Yeah. It's not just-
0: oh, absolutely. Oh. So, you know what's really fascinating to me is that sometimes, if not always, but I'm just going to say sometimes. Well, I'll just speak from my own experience, but also I have tons of clients who've had similar experiences. It's easy to question yourself, doubt yourself, stop when you really feel like you don't know what you're doing. So like early in your business, you feel some of the emotions, but you feel like there's a reason why maybe you don't know enough or something like that. Mm -hmm. But as you move through, like what really fascinates me and where I began to understand That it was about so much more than just knowledge, which I do value tremendously. But there are times where I knew what I was doing or my clients come right out of, you know, making however much money, you know, wildly successful launches, closing sales call after sales call after sales call. But then the very next, I mean, it could be a matter of a month, a week the next day all of a sudden they're back in that place of really doubting themselves or feeling frustrated mm-hmm. or overwhelmed or just self critical like so many things mm-hmm. just come back up and i'm like but wait like you know you know what you're doing mm-hmm. right like you it worked but they doubt themselves again it keeps coming up
1: so that's really interesting because i hear that a lot not in female business owners And it's almost like we don't trust that we have what it takes to keep going. Now, let me say it in a little bit different way. Okay. When we have great launches, when we have great success of closing sales calls, and we have all those things, our bodies have a hormonal reaction, which is called adrenaline, right? We get excited. It's that thing that keeps us going. And then when it's not there, even though we've been wildly successful, we sit back and say, oh, well, I don't know if I can do that again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so it's almost like you have an adrenaline high
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: you come down off the high. Yeah. So this is what, when women capture this concept, it really sets them free. The concept is, is that because I've made these sales, that means this about me. Because I was quote unquote successful, that means this about me. So an external factor is driving the way that we feel and look at ourselves. Yeah. And what I teach women to do is remove the external factor and generate it from within. So no matter if you've had a successful launch and the next one isn't as successful, it doesn't mean anything about you. Yes. And that is not where your identity lies. But because even in the online business world, in my experiences at least, oh, do this. Oh, five-figure launches, six-figure launches, seven-figure business. Oh, my gosh. Like, all of that's a lot of pressure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so when we look at these things and expect ourselves to do it and if we don't. I mean, so you see kind of that roller coaster that entrepreneurs can go on. And it's like you don't get off unless you're at a really high or you're at a really low.
0: Yeah. First of all, that is so powerful. And that is exactly the work that needs to be done. You are so right because it doesn't matter how incredible a launch was. After that launch, I see women turn around and attribute the success. Like they may have been on that high and thought they were a badass, But Mm -hmm. then after the fact, they attribute it to something else. Oh, I just got lucky because of this, or oh, it was because of that. And so it's so easy to, just as quickly as you give yourself that credit, strip it away when it's external. It's good to remove that from the picture altogether so that you don't have that power to attribute it to something else or take that away. And then I think also just the increased pressure. It's Mm -hmm. crazy to me that a client would set a goal, crush the goal, and then afterwards be freaking out because now they're putting so much pressure on themselves because the next one has to not just meet, but exceed that same, you know, if it's a launch, then a launch, right? Mm -hmm. We continue to kind of up that ante and put more and more and more pressure on ourselves. And so I love the idea of generating that from within. What does that work look like or where I'm sure this isn't something we can fully cover right now, but where do we start that work of looking within?
1: So I think you need to start with an awareness, but also a willingness. Yeah. So yeah, we want to be on the hype. We want to be on all the feel good stuff. And when we're not, there's something wrong with us because again, our identity is linked to what you do. I'm going to say this to all of the women out there that hopefully can hear this and say, who you are is not what you do. So I say it one more time, who you are is not what you do. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It is separate. And so when we link so much of our identity, which really is just a patterned way of being in which we've decided this is us, then that means we have to up the ante. And we're ambitious, intelligent, and driven. So yes, we have that internal drive for more and that internal drive to serve people with the gifts that we've been given. And yet, when we look externally, you start comparing. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the pressure. You have to put your blinders on and say, what is right for me? The only way you'll know that is to go internal. So you need to generate an awareness and a willingness to acknowledge both the light and the dark sides of yourselves and use those in tandem. Mm. Not just use one one time and use the other one, but really create a relationship between those things. Right? So awareness and willingness. And then you have to find the right supportive person. You have to find that person for you, whoever that is that like, you know, you have, you are that person for some people but that can really emotionally connect with you because they've taken care of their shiz. Mm -hmm. I mean, like so many people haven't taken care of their own stuff. Right. And therefore they try and help people and they can't, and then they can't even help themselves because they haven't taken care of their stuff. Yeah. So, you know, the awareness is the very beginning of it and saying, Hey, this isn't sitting well with me hey, this isn't helpful any longer. And I want to find something different.
0: Yeah, that's good. One thing that when you mentioned the light and dark side, I don't think that you're referring to this, but I just can't help but be reminded of or bring to light like this idea that I find my clients face over and over again. And that is this feeling of certain emotions being labeled as either good or bad. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to address that because when we label emotions, certain emotions as bad, then we're quick to either try to avoid them or fix whatever external is going on that we think will remove that quote unquote bad emotion Mm -hmm. or, you know, the list can probably go on and on there. I'm sure you've got examples. So what are your thoughts on, I guess, both labeling emotions and also The idea of sitting in them and and experiencing them and allowing yourself to feel all of the emotions and not try to run and hide or fix or whatever. Mm -hmm.
1: So I think when we label emotions, we give them judgments, just like we do anything else.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That is the black shirt. The judgment is, is that the color is black right? Mm -hmm. That is a white desk. I'm sitting in front of my desk. It's a white desk. That's a judgment that helps me identify what it is. And when we say anxiety is bad, depression is bad. Well, they may not always be bad, but it's the judgment. So now it's the story that you tell yourself about yourself when you have anxiety. I'm a highly sensitive person. I have huge empathic gifts. And my whole entire life, I was told your sensitivity is bad. Mm. It is too much. You are too sensitive. You should do these other things. You shouldn't do that. And <laughs> <Right. I can't. laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like, I finally decided that I wasn't going to label it bad. I decided it was my superpower. And now I've turned it into something that I seriously cannot, I'm obsessed with, yeah. like It is so essential in our lives to be able to say, listen, this is how this feels. Now, what do I want to do with that? If anything, maybe we let it sit for a minute. Maybe we say, okay, what is the bridge or the transition from feeling this nervous energy and then turning it into the propellant to get or execute on a task? or to get on camera on Facebook Live, or to write a proposal to be a speaker at a conference. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. It's the journey of turning that around. Mm -hmm. And so the judgment of something then can quickly turn in the judgment of self. Yeah. And the ambitious, intelligent, and driven women I know go to that place very quickly. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I'm saying that is because I've been there myself, but the yeah. women I also work with to leverage their emotions so that they can move forward in their business and in their life, consequently, that's a positive consequence to this. They experience a whole new way of being, that they don't go back to the other way. Like you don't repeat the same patterns. Right. And And to release and free ourselves from the judgment is huge.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking about how, you know, there are times where let's say that I told myself I'm feeling really overwhelmed and that that was a bad thing. I think I've handled it in a couple of different ways I mean, there's the whole like completely avoiding it and suppressing it way that doesn't really work and shows up later. Or there's the trying to reframe it and tell myself, because I've labeled that as bad, then just trying to tell myself, okay, well, let me reframe it as something else. And that does help in the, I think that was a good next step versus like completely avoiding or suppressing. But I think the, the bigger work is in not making it bad to begin with.
1: Yeah, the deeper work in, is not attaching yourself to it. Right. So I was, I was listening to this Tom Billu impact theory. Yeah. So I was watching this show with this extreme sports person, and he's like, you know, when I was crossing like the Arctic tundra and 80 mile an hour winds, and my hands are frozen. And I had this huge amount of fear and anxiety that if I let go of this tent, if I couldn't get it, my tent would be gone and literally I would have nothing else to sleep in. He's like, instead of using that to fuel it as a fear or as an anxiety, he's like, this feeling is telling me that I need to be more careful
0: Mm -hmm. in how
1: I'm handling this. This tells me to slow down for a minute. This tells me to pay attention more to slow my breathing. So, when you're talking about overwhelm, which is a very common symptom in business, you can reframe it like, Oh, I'm not overwhelmed. Oh, I just need to do this. And you know, those are all reframing, but those are very surface on the deeper level. It's like, What am I needing to do right now to move through the overwhelm? Yeah, or to appreciate that my body is feeling overwhelmed, that my mind is racing and I need to take three deep breaths and I need to slow down just for a minute and da-da-da-da-da. And then you get out of the overwhelm almost immediately. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, you know, it does. I think that one thing that when you start talking about noticing how you feel in your body, like that's one thing that I'd love for you to dive into more because it's something I've struggled with. And I don't know if it's just my personality. I'm an ISTJ for any that associate any meaning to that, but very much looking like very thinking versus feeling very outside of myself and very quick to avoid emotion and to not even recognize really what's going on. Like the funny thing is I sense things around me, but I've noticed that I don't do that with my own body and so trying to realize or notice the signs before because you can begin to as I've done more work on this Mm -hmm. you can begin to see some of those things like overwhelm or whatever it is coming before it's actually there if -hmm. you start to pay attention and know what to look for maybe but Mm -hmm. I've always avoided that well so
1: I'm just gonna dive in here yeah (laughs) Is that is just a patterned way of being, you know, you're claiming, I've never been this kind of person. I've always done this. Well, that's only because that's all you've ever done. It doesn't mean that's who you are. You know, the study of epigenetics and all of these things where you can actually change the genes in your body through certain, what do I call them interventions, right? You can change that stuff. So those are all just a neurological patterned way of being that has told you up until this point Let's just shut this part down for whatever reason. I'm not feeling it because in the past, our somatic bodies never forget anything that it experiences. It stores it away to keep us safe and allowing yourself to now dive deeper into this is what I've experienced up until now. Mm -hmm. This is what I want to experience now. And the bridge between that and what you want to experience now are the actions that you'll take and the interventions that you use to get there to reprogram literally your body and your mind together. That's why, you know, you can be a feeling person, but not ever access your feelings. You've never been trained to do that. So, why would you have an awareness of your body? If you want to have an awareness of your body and you want to increase that, You need to, oh, well, this is going to sound cheesy, but (laughs) I'm going to say it anyway. You need to have some self-compassion and love. Yeah, you're right. And gratitude. And I'm like, oh, I love my body. I'm not talking about that. But really honoring, thank you for bringing me this far. Thank you for those traumatic experiences that we made it through together. And I so appreciate you warning me. And yet we're, we don't need that warning anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not being chased by the tiger. I'm in my office. I have a roof over my head. I have food in my belly. I have electricity. It's going to be fine. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really the stories that we're telling ourselves that come out of a deeper way of being. And this is why people can't change this stuff with mindset. Right. You know, and this is why I don't like the whole thing, like fake it till you make it like,
0: yeah,
1: I don't like that at all. I'm not faking anything. (laughs) Like, I want to be authentic in every step of my journey. And if you have found yourself and I'm not meaning you, but if, people or women listening to this podcast have found themselves feeling like they have to fake it. till they make it all the time. You will be exhausted and burnt out. Yeah. That's what happens. Your health suffers. Your relationships suffer. Your internal way of confidence suffers. You feel like you have no time. You feel like you don't have enough money. It is a cycle for that kind of like self-sabotage destruction that we need to get out of. You
0: know, mm-hmm.
1: I've about this stuff all day.
0: I know. I love it. My mind is just spinning and I could go <laughs> in so many directions. But one thing that came up for me is even realizing as I started to become aware that I needed to pay more attention to my emotions and to improve my emotional intelligence and all of that, I first also realized I, well, I guess I needed some more education because my vocabulary, even in the realm of emotions, has been very limited. Like, I haven't even understood the nuances of how mm-hmm. my body feels and how to use language around the differences. It's kind of like I don't know. I feel like I'm in preschool and had like flashcards for happy, sad, <laughs> mad, right? And didn't have like the full breadth. Like, there's so many nuances, mm-hmm. and I, I've needed to really start to differentiate and look at all of the layers. Yeah, and that's what, again, you're hitting
1: so many great points on this because that is exactly what needs to be done. And so, you know, when I created Powerful by Design, the collective, which I'm sure I can tell you about it in a little bit, but that really allows and helps women to explore themselves. The more I know myself, the better I am. Yeah. And this is not in an egotistical way. But the more I know my, how it feels in my body to feel anxious, how it feels to have a nervous energy in differentiation to an excited energy, how it feels in my body to have a past pain or a present pain Mm
0: -hmm.
1: to differentiate is what we need to learn about. Because when we do that, it opens up the way we relate to everyone else. And then I have no fear. If I have a launch and it doesn't do as good as the one before, it's not about what I did or what I didn't do and I should have done and I could have done and why didn't I? It's more like, let me look at the facts. Yeah. This is what I did differently now. Okay, that didn't work so well. So my ability to stay out of that self-deprecation and beating myself up mentally, which then affects your body, mind you, Mm -hmm. you know you then spare yourself all of those things by learning exactly what you're talking about because it is important to be able to do that.
0: So at a high level, are there a series of steps or phases or something that you work with people to work through? Is that the kind of work you mentioned, Powerful by Design? Tell us a little bit about that, what happens in that collective and yeah.
1: So Powerful by Design the Collective is a membership, and I created this membership because I'd seen the gap between someone having a course and not, you know, again, intelligent, ambitious women don't have a problem learning a resource or finding a resource. That's not the problems. Mm -hmm. Those aren't the things that stop us. The things that stop us are our resistance our fear and scarcity, our anxiety, the way we feel and think about ourselves. And so I noticed if I could bridge that and offer women the support they needed, how they needed it. And when they needed it, they would then move more efficiently and effectively in their business and reach their goals. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it would be sustainable. And well, you would be able to consistently, instead of going the ups and downs and, you know, speed up, speed up, speed up, speed up, and then fall off, you know, we create more of a, we retrain the body and the mind all together to have a different patterned way of being when you experience difficulties or when you experience the self-doubt. So the phases or the steps that we are in there is we create an awareness Now, in Powerful by Design, we create an awareness around lots of things. I just did a mini masterclass about the emotions of systems. You know, why do we hesitate to put systems into place? Maybe one of the reasons is, is because we're so attached to our business. This is our business. I don't want to operate it like one, like it's personal. It's all of those things, right? I'm pouring my heart into this. And there's room for some of that. But to implement systems, we have to unattach from an outcome. Mm-hmm. And that is difficult, right? We talked about it in the launch. So, what we do is create awareness around various topics. The other thing about the collective that's great is we work through people's difficulties when they're having them. You know, we're not waiting until you know the next meeting or whatever. Like we, I've created an environment in which people can get that support almost immediately from me and from the other kick-ass women that are in Powerful by Design the Collective. So you create an awareness and then you continue to receive support. And then the last phase is really just implementation. You know, this isn't all about, I'm just going to think positive. There's science that's incorporated um, because I think that that's really important you know, I can not believe in the universe, God or whatever, you know, none of that is a judgment, but unless I do something, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, I can sit here and try and manifest money, but if I don't do anything that will cause me to make money, I won't get any money. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Oh, yeah. So it's about that taking action consistently and building up your fierce confidence within so women in the collective gain fierce confidence. And this isn't about a fighting confidence or an aggressive kind of confidence, but this is just a fierce confidence. I know what to do at the exact right time, how to do it every single time. It's that ultimate trust in yourself. They mm. receive this laser clarity about then what the next step for them is. So we're tuning in to what I call the wise woman within. Because she knows the answer. Your wise woman within is saying, Get in touch with your body. I need you, right? Which then creates and is a result of passionate purpose that then equals results that you want. So you keep reviving how you are living life because you're actually living the life that you wanted to live. And you know, when I say life, it's business and life. Yeah, yeah. That business.
0: Absolutely. Wow. That sounds incredible. Where can everyone go to learn more about that?
1: So you can go to my website. It's everything that I have, my Facebook, my Instagram, and my website are Rachel Freeman Sowers. So my website is rachelfreemansowers.com and it's forward slash powerful by design. And I do some one-on-one work with clients. And then the collective is really about wanting to join women together and truly create an environment of support, non-judgment, and honestly, just kick-ass results. um, Love that. By leveraging your emotions.
0: Love that. We will definitely include that link in the show notes for everyone. And as we come to a close here, I just want to hear a little bit more, because we're talking about, in the grand scheme of things with the show, everything related to being and making decisions in light of success. What is Mm -hmm. next for you? What does success look like?
1: So success for me is watching women get results. Like I mentioned before, you know, I'm obsessed with it. Like it is really like this contact high. you know, that rising tide lifts all boats. When we as women watch each other succeed in the way that each one of us wants to, it is a crazy good feeling. Like, I don't know. It just makes me all excited and moving my arms around and stuff. <laughs> Even though you can't see me. I, feel you. Um, like, like I can't, I can't help but contain it. It just gets me all worked up. But for me, really, it's building this collective of women who want the results and are willing to do the work, you know, and who yeah. are willing to step into the leadership of their own lives in a way that honestly, I don't believe is typical who want to try something different and who want to move forward Mm -hmm. and be done with the things that are holding them back. Success for me is sharing this work as many times as I can, however I can. So getting on podcasts such as yours, and thank you so much doing speaking events, doing things like that. And I don't know how the growth will come, but I know it will come. My only job is to be ready for it and yeah. to be open emotionally and mentally to receive what I know can make a huge impact. So I think that's what success and what's next for me.
0: Love that. So good. Thank you so much for joining. I'm so glad that we were able to talk about this. There's so much more to dive into. So I hope everyone will go and uh, visit your website and check out the collective and everything else that you have going on because it's a really important topic.
1: Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate it.
0: All right. Until next time. If you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, subscribe and leave a five-star review. And if you send me a screenshot of that review, I'll give you free access to my CEO scorecard. This is the same tool I use with my multiple six and seven-figure clients to help them up-level their role as CEO and achieve massive results. This resource is typically available exclusively to clients in my coaching program, The Elevate Effect. If you're ready to learn how to elevate your leadership, your team, and your business, head over to KatherineBinkley.com forward slash The Elevate Effect and join us to reach your next level of success.